Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and good afternoon for some. Good evening for most. It's Kaylin Patterson. <laughs> I love it when we entertain ourselves. <laughs> yes, I can't help but laugh today. I'll do it. This program is sponsored by P4P Muscle, the number one drug-free sponsorship foundation in the world. If you are a drug-free athlete and are looking for a grande time, crikey, what's on the foundation to stand on? <laughs> and a body and some shrimp and a vehicle that's five years old. Like what, this? <laughs> like a Mack truck through ice cream on a bobby. <laughs> and a bobby. Check us out. <laughs> Me and Desiree. That's playfulpemouth.com. <laughs> and now, playful. Uh, good evening, Desiree. How you doing? <laughs> I'm having a little too much fun with this intro tonight. So, hey, guys, I am great. Happy Thursday. <laughs> Welcome to yet another episode of p for p Real Talk. So glad you could join us. So glad indeed. I hope you guys have been, uh, I don't know what all the weather is doing in your parts, but we've had some uh, freezing, freezing, <laughs> freezing, freezing drizzle and a little bit of when, snow. So driving has been first. a little, yeah, driving has been a little <laughs> interesting the past couple of days, but you know, we're good. And, um, you know, I, I got no complaints. How about you, Mr. O'Kellen of the O'Pattersons? I'm, I'm going to tell you, and I've been really happy with the warm weather, even though it's been drizzle or freezing. Even <laughs> if it's been like that, it's still not, uh, you know, the, the winter that everybody's been crazy worried about. So I'll take it because I know that the cold winter's coming soon behind it. So, you know, you take it when you get it. That's right. That's right. So, guys, a couple of things before we get into our show tonight, and I know you're going to love our guests because Kayla and I already do, but which of our guests don't we love? We are totally <laughs> loving all of them. So, much love. Um, and what? Our guests are first place. Anyway, yes. Yeah, first place. I know. So, we're going to, our guests are first place. They are. They are. All of our guests are. Um. So a couple of things that we want to touch base on. We have um, some questions or a question from last week or from Tuesday, I should say, our last show that we're going to address. We've got a newer question that has come in regarding an announcement that was circulated today. And uh, just a reminder, folks, January 18th, P4P Real Talk is going to be on at 6 o'clock um, Central Standard Time, and then Kaylin and I are going to jump on a show with Melinda Spencer, our sister podcaster, on uh, Fit Talk with Melinda at 7 o'clock um, Central Standard Time. So P for P, Real Talk, just for January 18th, 6 p.m. CST, and then Fit Talk with Melinda, where Kaylin and Des will also be, 7 o'clock CST. So please note the calendars and uh, know that's what's going to be happening on that date. Um so, question from Tuesday, and we had several folks. Uh, oh, hold on, guys. Yes, 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 yes. The link for tonight's um, interview is already on the P4P Entertainment Facebook page. It's also on Midwest Muscle. So, if you're looking for it, you can find it on one of those two areas. Um, if you can't, get back to us, and Kaylin can message you directly. It, and I apologize. I got it posted late. So if you were looking for it earlier and you didn't find it, you will be able to find it now. It is out there. Um, so last week, why do I keep saying last week? I'm, I don't know why. Last, our last episode, last Tuesday, um, we had a question pop up at the end of the show from several of our listeners, um, Deborah, Bianca, Cindy, Belinda, Sandy, Sarah, Melinda. Um, and if I've missed anyone else, my apologies regarding um, there's been a lot of posts flying around from uh, 
the 2017 Natural Southern States Classic uh, Bikini Competition. Um, they are promoters. Um, John and Becky are gearing up for the 28th competition. And, folks, I know it's going to be a great show. So that is out there. Um, but as from what you've seen, generally, so the question is this. So in the, in the promos with the bikini gals on there, you have the three class winners of that evening, myself included, and the way that it's positioned, usually the question that we received is, you know, why is not, why isn't Desiree positioned up front of the three competitors? So you have three women, all three winners, um, two staggered in the back, one up front. And historically, the the person for this particular poster for the bikini competition, um, the overall winner is positioned up front. It didn't happen this time. Um, I'm not sure why I can't answer the question of why they chose to lay out their promotional posters the way that they have. I'm not really sure. I know one of the questions we have is um, stated something along the lines of, you know, you and Kaylin, meaning Desiree and Kaylin, are always talking about with regards to that show, that, um, that being one of the perks that, all of the winners are showcased and the overall winners are um, generally front and center. And it is a perk. Um, I have no doubt that it will continue to be that way moving forward. Um, I, I just don't have a good answer for you as to the layout for these particular promos. I wish I could share something more with you. But you know what, guys? I'm just geeked to be on a poster. So whether I'm front and center or I'm in the second row of a three, you know, trio, hey, I'm just happy to be there. So I don't know. I got I got nothing else to say about that, I guess. But you know what? You guys are really paying attention out there. So I'm always impressed when anybody comes up with questions and is, is noticing things um, that may seem out of the ordinary. So Again, hats off to you guys. I wish I had a better answer, but I'm not sure what else to tell you on that one. Um, Kaylin, I'll let you lead into our uh, our uh, question that we just received this evening regarding an announcement made earlier today. Yes. Um, unfortunately, you know, someone else toward the end of the year was caught uh, using an illegal supplement and then failed the drug test uh, afterwards. And, you know, the thing, I mean, like, people aren't going to stop. If, if a cheater is going to cheat, that's like asking a bank robber not to rob a bank. If they have their minds and hearts set on it, they're going to do it. And the question, it, it's a legitimate question, and I, I, I really appreciate it. And I also want to put out there that thank you for bringing it to our attention. Although we did have an understanding of what was going on, uh, Desiree and I both like to get the background further so when we pass along the information, it's not just hearsay or what we heard in the rumor mill. We like to present the facts. So uh, uh, the lady had failed her test, and one of the questions that came from that, and I'll, I'll go ahead and read it, and it says, if she complains, if she, if she complains, that's Friesland for me, uh, <laughs> if she plans to compete, in natural shows in the future, shouldn't she be, shouldn't she have to off-season drug test? In a perfect world, I would say yes, because you've already been caught cheating. Whether you understood you were cheating or not, you failed a drug test. So that should, you know, raise some eyebrows when you see a name come up wanting to compete in another a natural show. Now, the misunderstanding with how it was written if she said, see you next year, like she was going to just basically forego that, I'm sure that's not how she meant to put that information. She probably uh, limited, you know, with writing. Anytime you write something, you tend to leave words out. I, myself included, I've done it many times, and I apologize to Desiree and some of the messengers. She has to basically go through the, the source to figure out what the heck I was talking about. So I, I get that. But, you know, the fact is that she's not going to be competing next year. She is actually uh, suspended for that year, and she plans to compete in the future in that natural organization. She's going to have to uh, basically wait that year out. And if they want to accept her back, that's on them. The thing that uh, everyone's concerned about is if she's already been caught cheating, 
how do you know that she's not going to try again in the future? And that was the whole point of the question was being drug tested if she plans to feed naturally. As of yet and as of late and as of now, that is not the case. They're not drug tested all season. And if, if, if we were to implement it, I would say that they would have to be at the competitor's expense since they're the ones that basically were caught uh, cheating. If, if they want to get a natural organization card, you know, that information has been placed out there, so it's not like she can hide away from it. But we do have to be mindful that we do need to do better to protect the, the competitors, the natural athletes that are competing. And I think that's a good question uh, to talk about and bring up in the future. Adez, you got any thoughts? No, other than I agree, and I think that's a great question. And, um, you know, that's one I don't think we've ever heard before. I mean, when we've we've had these discussions about um, athletes that have failed drug tests and, you know, we always, you know, there's always questions whether or not they will or won't come back. But we have not made that next leap saying, hey, well, if they are planning to come back, what's happening in the off season to make sure that when they do, that they're not trying to pull the same tricks that they did the time before when they got caught. And, I mean, that's phenomenal. I think that's something that the organizations should be taking a look at. What happens, I mean, when an athlete has a short-term ban, because sometimes athletes are banned for life and there is no coming back, but some bans are shorter term than others. And what happens during that time of the ban to make sure that they're playing on the same playing field as the rest of the natural athletes when they come back? So great question. Great question. I'd be interested in the answer to that to myself. And if the organizations of the natural governing bodies are even thinking along those levels, that, that's a good point as well, and you know it's something that has to be addressed. And you know we we like like everyone is is afraid of basically you know jumping the organizations. But if they haven't proven their worth in coming back, why should they even be allowed? And and you know like you said, that's a great great question. And I, I was just kind of blown away that this was being sent to us and not the organization. So if they think that we'd be a better outreach to make that happen, thank you for for thinking that. And Desiree and I both will will try to get get an an, an honest answer from an organizational head once we uh, get in co- in contact with them or once they return our messages. So good questions, thank you so much. And oh my goodness, I don't want to miss that name. Des, what was it? What was what was her name? The one that sent the message in. Uh, it was Belinda. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Belinda. Thank you so much. That's a I mean phenomenal question. And thanks so much for asking it. All right. So now that we've been wowed by the questions that you've been asking hey. us, yeah. are you ready to be wowed? Are you ready to be wowed by the guests that we have tonight? Because I'm pretty sure that you're going to be wowed. In fact, I know that Kaylin hey. and I were wowed hey. when we ran into him when we ran into him at the IP Worlds competition just a a couple of short months ago and if you are not sure which wowing physique we're talking about we're talking about the physique of jason harris which happened to be the ipe world's pro men's physique champion jason harris welcome to p for p real talk oh thank you guys so much thanks for having me (laughs) <laughs> Thank well, you. Thanks, and thanks for listening to us to ramble on. We uh, we had a few things to cover earlier in the show. And, you know, Kaylin and I are never at a loss for words. So sometimes I'm amazed <laughs> our guests get a word in edgewise. But anyway, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and let our listeners know who they're going to be hearing from tonight. Yeah, I'm Jason Harris, uh, personal trainer here in Overland Park, Kansas, and um, originally from a town in St. Louis that everyone might have heard from. It's uh, Ferguson, Missouri, and uh, moved out here about eight years ago, and yeah, started personal training about two years ago. Wow. All right. So you've been personal training for two years. How long have you been... A, a natural physique competitor? So I actually started um, in 2014, and my very first show was the uh, September show that um, uh, the roulettes throw, um, the Kansas City Classic. Okay, gotcha. Casey Classic, yeah. yep. 
Yep, yep. So uh, that was my first show ever, um, and I ended up winning that show and getting my pro card there. And it was pretty wow, much okay. history since, yeah. <laughs> so so I have to ask yeah. a natural follow-up, and then I'll let Kalen get his word. Okay. His but what made you decide you wanted to compete? So actually, uh, I started, I guess we can go back a little sooner than 2014. I was watching a show on Netflix and it was called Friday Night Lights. And anyone who's heard of that is a, it's a football show. And so when I after the military when I finished my degree, I I basically just googled what college near me offers football. And a school called Mid-America Nazarene came up and I called the coach, you know, got an interview for a for a tryout. And uh, I've never stepped foot on a football field in my life. I was a soccer player growing up. And uh, he basically gave me a chance to try out. I tried out and uh, got a scholarship to play. So with with football comes weights, obviously. And I started lifting weights with all the guys. And uh, I started noticing my body was changing. And I kind of fell in love with that um, transition. I was just a skinny kid growing up, um, you know, weighed 155 pounds. And as I lifted with the team, I started seeing just muscle development, um, looking fuller and stronger, and that's kind of what got me started in bodybuilding. Wow, that works. Now, I, I gotta, I gotta say, you know, you you guys in that class, that that was just a tough group. I mean, an, oh, an absolutely God. tough group. I, I, you know, I know the listeners are are, are looking, and I'll let Des deal with that one. But uh, <laughs> it, we took some pictures, and, and and I'm sure they can go back and look at those. That lineup was phenomenal. And granted, it's it's Kansas City, so you know you got to bring your best. But did <laughs> you have anything that it was going to be that top notch? Oh Honestly. no, so. It's funny, uh, anyone who competes knows this, but, you know, as the as the weeks lead up to the show, you're kind of like checking out the lineup that, that the promoters release, who's in your class, who's competing against you, and you start kind of Facebook or Instagram stalking them. And I knew I knew the majority of the people showing up, um, but the, the thing about competing is you never know who's going to be there. So... You can you can stalk as many people as you want and kind of get competitive in that aspect, but at the end of the day, you just got to bring your best. And apparently, that day, the judges thought I was the best. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that class was so tough, so tough. Okay, so folks, for the uh, the question that's out there, didn't we take videos at the IPE Worlds? And the answer, Carrie, is yes, we did. And this is bringing up the painful memory that we lost, we meaning I lost some of those interviews. So that particular interview with the Pro Men's Physique Top 5 lineup did not survive. Okay, let's get pressed again. That's what happened to it. However, if you want to go to the Midwest Muscle Facebook page right now, there is a 2017 IPE Worlds photo album there that you can flip through, and I just reposted the photo that we took with the Pro Men's Top 5 lineup. So it's easy for you to find. You can um, check it out. You can see Jason and Eric Murphy, who we just had on the show a week or so ago, and the rest of the guys who placed extremely well. Um, and I, I mean, I could not pick. I would not have wanted to judge the men's physique pro class. I mean, not only was it absolutely huge, I mean, very extremely large class. Jason, I mean, how many were there? Was it 14? Yeah, it was 13. 14 or 15. I couldn't remember, but it was, no, it was 14 ridiculous. 14 or 15, yeah. Yeah, so very large class. Every single one of them was amazing. Class. 
Yes, and they, I mean, they all came to compete. I mean, they were pros at their best. They all came to compete. I could not have picked a winner. So you can check him out there. So apologies, that interview did not happen. But we brought him back for you guys to listen to tonight, to learn from tonight, and you can still check out his photo. So it's, it's still kind of a win right there. But uh, moving on, <laughs> Bill has a question for you, Jason. He's asking, hey, how does it motivate you? What did you say, Kaylin? I said that was a good salvage, Des. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Win-win. Thanks. Okay, here we go. Here we go. So Bill's asking, how does it motivate you as an athlete seeing competitors at that level? So it's that's that's interesting. That's a good question. Um, and you you know this, Desiree, because you you compete as well. But um, a lot of the motivation in competing is within so it like i said earlier you you really don't know who's going to show up so all you can really work on during the off season is yourself and build your weaknesses um so the whole time uh, from the 2016 world championship to the 2017 world championship i was just focused on myself um just because of the fact i didn't know who's going to be there um, so this is this is kind of a sport where you just better yourself and hope it's <laughs> hope it's the best. <laughs> okay. So to follow up on that question, then Bill has another one. Is is that how taking into account you don't know who's going to be there and you and you are kind of going into each competition blind? How does that motivate you to prep in the future then? Um, honestly, I, you know, I just build my weaknesses. That's really it. I know that for the next show that I do, I need to bring up my, um, biceps and triceps a little bit and then focus on my lat width. So all off season, that's all I'm focused on. Um, and next time I step on stage, I know I'm going to be a better version of myself and I'm just hoping, you know, that's good. that's going to be enough. Wow, I'm surprised. I mean, and that always intrigues me, especially on the pro level when everyone looks like a pro, that the judges can even find um, anything to recommend that you improve upon because you just beat 14 other pros that were out there, <laughs> but yet <laughs> you know you want to work on your bicep, triceps, and your lat spread. That, to me, yep. is kind of amazing. Yeah, I mean, bodybuilding, you know, is once you start lifting weights, you're never good enough. So that's kind of what we signed up for. You said it, brother. I guess, I guess, that's one way to definitely look at it. Uh, (laughs) Next question. um, It says, Desiree and Kaylin have spoken about competitors sharing info backstage. Do you pros do the same? Um, I noticed, at least in this show, a lot of guys seem to know each other. I don't know um, whether or not that it was just through social media um, or what, because I've, I've met a few of them on Instagram. Um, but I'm I'm the type that kind of just keeps to myself uh, backstage. I'm just focused on, you know, my routine, my poses, um, and then exactly what I'm going to eat backstage and when in relation to when I'm going on stage. So I'm pretty focused. I'm not really social, um, and if any of the competitors are listening, uh, they'll kind of, they'll kind of, they're probably smiling right now, um, just because I'm <laughs> some friendly guy on Instagram. But when I'm backstage, I'm just there to do my job. So uh, I guess to answer the question, out. yes, a lot of them, a lot of them do kind of share their their tips and whatnot. Um, but as a personal preference, I just like to keep to myself and stay focused. And, you know, I mean, and, and, and it can go both ways. Yes, and there, there's nothing. There's nothing about uh, bodybuilding or any sport where everybody has to fit a stereotype because we're all you. We're all different. We're all unique. And I've seen where there's been some first place competitors that can talk all day in the gym and still get results. But I'm not that person. When it's time to get down to the weights. I'm getting on it, and, you know, Katie, by the door, you speak to me after I'm done. And we've had competitors. I mean, I think we had Pete on Tuesday, and he said that, you know, even with the gains and goals that he's been reaching, 
he's still that personality in the gym, and he's uh, getting that conversation in like he like he needs to to progress the sport. So you know, kudos to that, and you know, my hats off to him. But I was thinking the whole time I was listening to him talk that thank God that they don't bother me like that. So you know, it's it's thing at the shows and the same thing backstage, and everybody's unique, and you know, we can't hold everybody to the the standard of well, we can hold it with with the standard of excellence and how they should be improving themselves. But if for everyone to act the same, that's just not fair to people as individuals and unique talents. And there you have it. So thanks for that question, Shelley. Um, and it is true. Some people are there and they'll be like, hey, let me see your pose. And I've had other bikini b- competitors backstage say that to me. They're like, well, let me see your pose. Let me see how that looks. And they've given me tips and it can go back and forth. But there also comes that time where you're just focused because you are looking at your pose. How do you feel? How does it feel? Am I going to be able to replicate that when I get on stage? So I think there's definitely a mix of um, both perspectives that go on there. Um, And speaking of posing, you know, one thing that I am entertained by, I will say, I don't know if that's the right word, but it's men's physique posing, probably because it's the kind of posing that I can relate to the most as a bikini competitor, because I feel like we kind of have a similar <laughs> a similar look we're going after. Not quite the same, but I mean, you guys get out there and you get one toe up and you're twisting those hips and, you know, <laughs> similar to some of the things that bikini <laughs> girls do. Um, I, I guess, how did you go about learning your posing? Did you work with a coach or you just looked at pictures or how did that come together for you? Yeah, so back in 2014, uh, for my leading up to the first show, I did work with a coach. I didn't know anything about men's physique. I didn't know anything about bodybuilding, competing. Um, So I I found a coach to help me kind of nail the basic um, mandatory poses, if you will. And what he taught me was, like, now that you know the basics, you – you need to find a way to bring out your personality with your posing um, and make it your own, you know. So I think posing is honestly, you know, 60% of this game. And it, if, if you know your body and you know how to pose and what it looks like, you can hide your weaknesses and show off your strengths. And so I think if someone new to bodybuilding or uh, men's physique or bikini or any type of um, competition, I, I would I would stress the point that posing is more important than um, the package that you bring to the table. Just just on the fact that you can you can you know hide your weaknesses, show off your strengths, and really just enhance what you want the judges to see. And there you have it. So I, you know, again, I just agree and appreciate what you shared. And folks, work on that posing. Work on that posing, uh, real quick. Sheila, the uh, picture of the IPE Pro Men's Physique Top Five lineup. I posted that to the Midwest Muscle Facebook page. So for anyone who's looking for that photo. That's where you can find it. Um, if for some reason you're not finding it out there, let us know. I'll take another look at it. Possibly, you know, something went wrong when I pushed post, but that's where it should be. Uh, next question for you, Jason. Um, would you encourage newly awarded pro card holders to go ahead and jump on the pro stage versus taking years off um, and oh, maybe that's never a very return? Good question. That's a very good question. So that brings up. I guess a, a memory of mine. Um, so in 2014, my very first show, I won a pro card um, in men's physique, and that was September 2014. And so, I guess the the off season, quote unquote, um, in my head, I was like, "Wow, that was that was easy." You know, this <laughs> this this sport is very simple. And so I went into my pro debut. Um, the following year and just got completely annihilated and it is it was such a humbling experience and I wouldn't be where where I'm at today if it hadn't happened so 
uh, my pro debut, I didn't even get looked at. I just went on stage thinking it was going to be as easy um, as my first show, and they didn't even look at me. I didn't get my number called once. I never got shuffled around in the lineup. I might as well not have even showed up. So um, I would definitely recommend um, getting a coach to to tell you to I guess tell you that answer. Um, you need that second pair of eyes that's unbiased to really let you know if the package that you have today is going to stand up to the lineup in a in a pro show. Yeah. So to follow up on that. Oh, go ahead, Kalen. Well, I'm, there's something that he said that it's really, really important because, you know, we're really hypercritical on ourselves, but because we see ourselves and we see the improvement in it, sometimes we don't see the, the competition as they're going along. And your good is someone else's, you know, four weeks out. So we, we, right. we it's like it's, I I, it's hard to explain in a way unless somebody's actually been on stage, so I'm hoping I'm saying it to the layman and not just to the competitor. But, guys, you, you, can't, you can't oversimplify it, but you can't overthink it as well. And that's what a coach basically is able to do is step outside of that box and show you you in a way you need to see it, not show how you look at yourself. Because there's plenty of times where we look at ourselves and say, you know, this is a good look for me because we're not used to looking at ourselves at that stage. Because like like he was saying, we improve every year. Well, you should. Mm -hmm. And you will see different things that are coming in that weren't there the year before if you're doing it correctly because your body is in a constant state of progression if you're willing to progress it. But if we don't see it from the outside in and see it in truth, because there's a lot of times our egos or our pride can get in the way and inhibit where we need to be as as against where we should be going forward. And we actually can limit ourselves if we're not careful. I, I just wanted to add that in and, and go ahead, Dad. And I would just say two things I like about Jason's answer is it wasn't a yes or no. I like the fact that he gave a recommendation to get a, another set of eyes unbiased to take a look at you because the answer may have been yes, depending on where you were at that point. There are some people who earn their pro card, jump in a pro show immediately, and can still hold their own, and there are those that can't. So it can go Either way, but then my follow-up question to you, Jason, is even though, um, you know, you didn't get your number called, I would still have to think what you took away or learned from that first experience probably was a whole lot more helpful to you in prepping for your next time on stage than if you would not have gotten that feedback at all. Or maybe you would disagree with that. I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, it definitely did. Um, it just made me realize that, you know, I'm on a different level. So um, I think the posing, um, the posing help that I got with on the first show um, definitely helped with my placing. And then I guess that was, I guess that was good for amateur. But when I got to the pro stage, that didn't hold up. And I didn't really make any... Uh, changes or improvements um, in that department and so I guess I was behind the time going against competition that was ahead of the time if that makes sense so uh, mm-hmm. it definitely it showed me a valuable lesson taught me a val- valuable lesson and um, from that point on I got um, a, a coach basically um, to give me that second pair of eyes that I, I was lacking in that pro debut and so Andrea has a follow-up, and she wants to know, did it drive you even more after not being looked at? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> I'm I'm probably the most competitive guy you'll ever meet. And, uh, for, man, I'll never forget that day. I had my family there. Uh, the girl I was dating at the time, I had her family there. Uh, it was my pro debut. I thought I was, you know, a 10 out of 10. And... I needed that, you know. I needed to I needed that kick to to show me, look, you got to work for this. You know, there's no handouts in this game. And so from that 
from that show on, I, I swore to myself I wouldn't do another show without placing in the top five. And, um, you know, I've done a few shows since uh, and have gotten a third place, second place, and then uh, the back-to-back world championship titles. And honestly, I, I attribute all that success to that one show that I didn't get noticed. Wow. Very nice. All right. Well, the questions are still rolling in, so I'm going to keep asking them. Um, Corey wants to know, how was the split on stage um, when there were so many pros? It seems to him that would be hard to truly judge that many at one time. Um, Maybe kind of hard for you to answer that, Jason, but you can let us know how it felt to be split like that, and then Kaylin and I can jump in after that with our thoughts on the, uh, the stage split with so many competitors. Oh, yeah. So when they first brought us out, um, all 15 or 16 of us were all in one line. And so uh, it was pretty crowded. They made like an arch formation, if that makes sense. Um, Mm -hmm. And, yeah, they were kind of shuffling us around, throwing us through the quarter turns and everything. And um, I guess I was in the middle for a lot of it, but the, the lineup was so big, I didn't feel like I was in the middle at all. And so in my head, I was I was like, man, am I not am I not stacking up to these guys? Because I couldn't tell that where I was placed. Um, and then they they eventually broke us up, and so there was like ten of us at a time, and then the other five or six were behind us, um, and then they just kind of just shuffled us around for about twenty five minutes. Yeah. Oh, it was time. longer than that, homie. Was it? Was it? <laughs> After about five minutes, I went numb, so I I, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> you just, Go ahead, Dad. You just kind of feel the heat from the lights, and uh, you're just dehydrated and ready ready for some food. But <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's tough. It is tough when you have classes that big. Um, I will say what the head judge did really well, I thought, at this show was he got everyone on stage, at least got them through several rounds of quarter turns before he split them. Um, And they did do some shuffling before that happened too. So they at least tried to get everyone to get a look at everyone lined up together, which at least gave them a base to try and determine where the split was going to happen. And then they made the split. So um, the head judge did a really good job of moving people around, I thought, because most classes that I was able to actually sit and watch, he moved the um, competitors around quite a bit on both ends of the stage so the judges had uh, a good chance to see everyone in, uh, you know, hopefully decent lighting and right in front of them. Um, but, you know, it. I mean, it is hard. And and especially when you come to pro competition, sometimes you only have a couple, sometimes you have several, sometimes they're split up by weight class. Well, and that's especially true with bodybuilding. Sometimes it's height. Um, you know, there's just – and then they have an overall instead of just picking the one winner from there. I think it really is just a preference of the um, promoters and the design of their show. But for this particular show – I think, you know, the fact that they had a really strong head judge that moved people around quite a bit, um, I think it still worked out pretty well. Kalen? Well, yeah, I'm going to jump right on there and say the same thing. And, you know, this is the importance of having a qualified head judge, not just a qualified judge. And there's a big difference in the two. And Des and I can both speak on that now, having been able to sit in the judge's seat, not head judging, though. And that is having someone that knows what to do for the athlete so the athlete can present their best. Now, that's not saying that the athlete is going to be smart enough or have the wherewithal to show their best, but they will be given the opportunity. And I've seen it time and time again. And I know that uh, Keith Hunter, uh, Becky Arnold, and Andrea Castillo are phenomenal in going about that to get the best presentation from the athlete that's on stage if they're willing to let that be led to be done. And that takes a lot, and it takes a, a smart poser. It takes somebody that's that's basically done the posing because there's a lot of times where a pose can be called out, but if you're not familiar with the names, you might find yourself 
lacking big time because you're either slow getting into the pose or you're not addressing it in the way that they're looking for that presentation to be done. And if you don't research the criteria, if you don't research the organization, and if you don't research some of the poses, then that's not the head judge's fault, and it's not the uh, the fault of the judge in scoring what they see presented. And that's one of the biggest things I've seen in this age of social media is there's a lot of people complaining about their placing, but then if you see some of the pictures, if you're looking with a non-biased eye, it's a glaring, it's a glaring misrepresentation of the pose that's being asked. It might look good in a picture on social media, but if it's not the pose that the, the judge was asking for, that's not the fault of the judge, especially when you have head judges of that caliber giving you the best opportunity to present your best on stage. And if they are looking for a particular type of pose, especially bikini gals, I hope you're listening to what Shaylin said. I've seen this called out the most for bikini competitors. They will um, they'll let you know. I mean, we've even seen them lead athletes off stage because they would not correct the pose they were asking for, and it hurt them. It hurt them. So um, bikini gals in particular, I hope you were listening to what Kaylin said, but it's good. It's a good advice for everyone out there. So um, long story short, good head judge here. Really large classes are tough, but if the athletes get moved around a lot and they're also go through their mandatories altogether before they're split is a good formula for the judges to have a good opportunity to see everyone and be able to judge everyone in more fairness, in my opinion. Um, Next question, and this one is kind of a two-parter. It's from Jake, and so he's asking, how difficult is it really to hear criticism from someone else? Okay, that's part one. Um, So when you're hearing it from the first time, so how difficult is it to hear criticism from someone else the first time around? And then part two is, how difficult is it to hear it when when it's not enough to win? Uh, part two might be a little tricky, but go ahead, Jason, and let us know your thoughts. Oh, I mean, criticism's always tough to hear. Um, I don't, I don't really care who you are. It's, it's nothing, nothing new. You know, it's like, okay, I'm lacking somewhere. Let's hear it. And it, it's constructive sometimes, and you know, demeaning other times. Um, but at the end of the day, when you're made aware of something that. Um, or an area you're lacking in, you got to look at it um, outside of yourself, you know, and just kind of put yourself in someone else's position, look at it and decide for yourself, you know, are they telling the truth or are they just trying to put you down? Because um, you're going to get criticism in both both aspects. Um, and I'm probably my hardest critic, so... Uh, for someone to criticize me, I probably already know the, what they're going to say. Um, if they say something I'm not expecting, then, yeah, it's probably going to be a little shocker. Um, but, it, you know, a couple minutes later, I'll probably look at it myself and decide whether or not they're right or, right or wrong. <laughs> All right, Kaylin, thoughts on that? Yeah, and, and this is this is a tricky one because there's, there's gym people that have never competed, and they'll have all kinds of advice and criticism. And then there's people that are in the sport that aren't really successful, and they might, like like he was saying, be uh, demeaning in their criticism. And then there's people that are really beneficial to the sport, and they have a criticism that that should that is very vital for the improvement because they really love the, the they they have passion. And they really want the, the the sport to basically benefit from your presence, and so you know you really got to consider the source. I think is the best way to say it. And there's plenty of people. God knows. I mean, if, if anybody that's in the sport knows, there's plenty of people that are more than willing to give the information that's going to make you successful, even if it means uh, beating them out in the process. Because if you're a competitor, you want to compete, and if somebody's better, <laughs> you got to find out how they got better but they're still better and you shouldn't basically be wanting to beat someone that really beats you simply because of something they're lacking. I can't imagine that. 
Um, I've, I've been that way in basketball, football, every sport I know, and I'm not alone. So it's not something that's rare. It's very seldom being rare. You want everybody to improve so you can improve. I mean, what is that old saying? A, a rising tide lifts all boats. Everyone improves if one person improves because everyone's in that circle. And, you know, fitness is a big, big community, but it's very small because we all, you know, want to be better and we know what it takes. And anybody that has the passion and drive to do so knows the sacrifices, knows the dedication and everything else that goes along with it. So, you know, just consider the stores. And if somebody's been in the sport and they have success under their belt, then, hey, it is a lot easier to hear. But it still has to be some meat behind that bone as well. <laughs> That's a country term. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and a lot of times I, I see a lot of comp- I see a lot of competitors that, you know, kind of post on Facebook or social media about the feedback they got from the judges and kind of disagreeing with them and whatnot. And it's like, man, those are those are the people you need to listen to most cuz chances are they're going to judge a future show that you're going to be in. Um so like Kaylin said, you know, it's kind of like the source is probably the most important aspect, and uh, when a judge is telling you what to fix, I'd, I'd probably listen to that. Yep, you know, and I would agree. And and sometimes, Jake, I'm not quite sure um, if we're hitting on what you were asking with part two. Sometimes you make the improvement and you go to the next show and you still get beat. Um, and it's not that the improvement you made wasn't enough or it wasn't the right improvement to be made. Um, but as Jason has said, sometimes you just don't know who's going to show up at a show and compete. And so the improvement you made may have been enough to go back and beat the last people that you competed against. But now you're up against whole new folks who are coming with whole different packages and you might still be a little bit behind, but you keep sticking with it because eventually you're going to be the one who's ahead and not behind. And that's just one of the crazy things about the sport. Um, Just one of the crazy things about the sport. So, you know, even if you make a change and you still didn't win, it doesn't mean that the change wasn't the right change. It just means you need to finish making it or rounding it out even more. Um, Kaylin, I think you had one more thing you wanted to add. Yes, and, and, and it's not a play on words. It's just the straight truth. Everybody is different. And some shows, they might come in, and the diet could be exactly the same like it was, but it could be the weather, it could be anything, and they have a certain look when they do the presentation on stage, and then you see them a week later, and you're like, holy crap, who is this individual? Because they're just lights out. They're that buzzsaw that enters the building, and no one is going to touch them. And you could be coming at your best of the best of the best of your life and you're still not even coming close to the same physique you might have placed above a week prior. You just don't know in the natural industry. You don't know anything in the natural sport. It's just that much difference. And it's nothing. I've seen people feel dejected and feel like, well, you know, why did I beat them last week? But you're not looking at it in reality. If you look at it just wholly, fully, and in true reality, they do look better, and they did bring the presentation, and their posing was spot on. Some people just click at the right moment at the right time, and it just happens to be the biggest show of the year and the biggest platform and the biggest format, and God bless them for having that. I mean, you'll have your day as well. We're interviewing somebody right now. We're talking to somebody right now that had that moment, and God bless them, but that doesn't mean that anybody else did them. If you could have seen the class in Kansas City, my goodness, you'd understand exactly what we're saying. Yep. And, no, I got nothing more to add to that. So there you have it. It's just the way it is. One week you're posing a spot on, another week it's not. Um, And you might feel like it is, but it just wasn't. I mean, just so many things can happen. Consistency, that's something we don't talk a lot about, and I'm not going to take a lot of time to talk about it tonight. But that is important, and as an athlete, sometimes it can be hard to maintain from competition to competition. So um, that might be something, Kaylin, that uh, we spend more time on in the future. But for now, bringing it back around, 
Carla wants to know, Jason, how does it feel to win big shows like the Casey Classic and IPE Worlds? <laughs> it uh, It's kind of surreal, to be honest. Um, you know, when you're on stage, you don't see your competition. You're only focused on your posing and looking at the judges. And so when they're calling out the top five, I I – I'm just as shocked as everyone if I get called in the top five, you know, and then they say, okay, in fifth place goes to, and I I catch myself, you know, leaning forward, like they're about to call my number. And then fourth place, same thing. I'm leaning forward. This must be me third place. And it doesn't really hit you until they say the, the second and first place winners. And um, yeah, it's just kind of surreal. You know, you put in the work, prep for 12, 15 weeks, and hope it's hope it's the best. Wow. And is that all the more it typically takes you to prep for a show is between 12 to 15 weeks? Yeah. I, on, I so should say the your last, first show. The, the first show um, first show that of I ever season, did. The, I should say. No, oh, first show yeah. of the season. Sorry to be confusing, guys. Yeah. But, yeah. No, you're fine. It's it's about 12 weeks um, on the high end for me. I stay I stay pretty lean, um, you know, about 10% body fat on the, in the off season, and so um, my theory is more along the lines of I stay ready so I don't have to get ready, and so mm-hmm. you know I I can prep 12 weeks out and then be ready four weeks out and just make those those smaller changes. Um, to bring up lacking muscle groups or um, bring in my abs a little tighter if I need to. So I usually get ready for a show about four weeks out from the actual show date. Yeah. And and I, I want the, our listeners, because sometimes we have that bad habit of picking and choosing what you just said to make it fit what we're thinking, and I don't want anyone to do that. You said, and this is very important, that you stay between 10 pounds out. And a lot of people that are bulking are usually 20 to 30 pounds out from a winning physique, not a placing physique, and we need to be mindful of that. You know, there's people that can be show-ready but not win-ready, and I think uh, some of us confuse the two. And I'm glad you brought that out because that way you can still have a life but then still have a competitive life as well, and that's, that's very important. And my question would be, you know, how do you keep from going overboard when there's no board to stand on? <laughs> so uh, you mean in the off season? Yes. Yep. So um, like I mentioned before, I started, you know, this fitness journey at a whopping 155 pounds. So my body naturally wants to be small. Um, to stay, you know, 10 pounds heavier than my stage weight, 12 pounds heavier, that's that's work to me like it is for someone who's trying to cut weight um, for a show. So for me to stay 10, 12 pounds overweight, um, that's, that's my off-season, and that's what I'm focused on. So for me to go overboard, okay. I, that's, that'd, be, that'd be hard for me to do. Wow. Well, see, now you're probably getting all these people out there be like, "Man, what? What is he talking about? That's hard to do." No, no, no. no <laughs> I and I, we both. always joke about I'm it with the guys same in the way. gym. They're like, "Man, I wish I had your problem," and I'm like, "I wish I had your problem," you know. So. <laughs> Isn't that the way? Isn't that the way? So we have referenced that you are a personal trainer, but we haven't really talked about that. Um, so if folks want to learn more about um, what you do and where you do it, where can they find out more information about that? Yeah, so um, anyone that goes to my profile, I have my business page linked to that, um, Jerry L Aesthetics, and uh, Jerry L is my middle name, um, very unique, so that's kind of why I picked that name, knowing nobody else would have that. Um, but, yeah, you can uh, just follow my um, Jerry L Aesthetics page, and um, I'm running a boot camp coming up. Got a link to that on my page. Uh, anyone interested in joining that? It's the Guts and Butts Boot Camp. And, um, <laughs> you know, 
I think my goal for one of my resolutions this year is uh, to start training more men's physique athletes and kind of sharing the knowledge that I've learned um, in the past four years um, of competing and trying to help others become successful. All right. Very good. Very good. Well, Jason, thanks so much for sharing with us tonight and uh, letting us get a glimpse into your world as the reigning IPE men's physique world champion. Um, But before we go, (laughs) I know it, before we go, we'd like to give you the opportunity to give a shout out to anyone and everyone who has been there as a support for you through this journey. You know, <clears throat> sorry, my uh, sponsors are um, RSP Nutrition. Um, they've they've been a huge help with um, contest cost and supplements during prep and in the off season. Um, so I want to give a shout out to them, and then just my family. You know, the the sport is so no one gets it, and my family's been there for me during prep, during off season, um, and during every show. And uh, it's just very important to have that support system um, in a sport like this. So I just uh, am thankful for friends and family and my sponsor. All right. Well, thank you. And then last question before we cut you loose here. What are your plans for 2018? Uh, Like I said, I got some uh, work to do in the gym, Uh, bring up some lagging parts (laughs) and uh, I haven't decided yet um, what show I'm going to be competing in yet, but uh, hey, show in August. Yeah, (laughs) there's one heck of a show in August you need to be at. (laughs) Um, Hashtag P for P undefeated. Hashtag you should be there. Hashtag we want to see you there. Okay. Hashtag Ho Chunk. (laughs) There it is. I just got called. In Ho Chunk, Wisconsin. (laughs) You sure did, August 8th, buddy. You've been called out. There you go. There you go. All right. All right. I, I mean, well, thank you, you guys for having me on the, the show. Drop, hey, thanks for having us. I think he's cutting us off, Kalen, now that we called him out, but we'll let him go. <laughs> we'll let him go, and we'll see you. We'll be watching for you in 2018. <laughs> uh, I do believe that is the first time I've ever been dismissed by a guest. <laughs> Oh, he was still there. Uh, shoot. He said, all right, thanks, guys, for having me. I'm out. <laughs> you called me out. Now I'm out. No, I'm sure that's not what it was, but I, I just got tickled by that. So, hey, before we go, though, we just got a couple minutes left. Um, we do have some more information that came in. I know there's some questions as to what the supplement was that uh, caused the failed drug testing that we were referencing at the beginning of the show. And it is, is it Liprodine, Liprodine? What's the pronunciation on that, Kalen? Liprodine. Liprodine. And I know I have seen some background on that substance, and we will try to get that posted to Midwest Muscle as well. Um, And hopefully folks that were looking for the photo of uh, Jason and his crew, if it didn't show up there, let me know. I'm seeing it, but if you're not, still let me know. Um, But there you have that. So, you know, when you're reading labels – Look for that, Liprodine, and sometimes it can be disguised as something else. It'll be called something else. So hopefully in the details that we'll be able to share soon, it'll have all of its other pseudonames out there so you can keep your eyes open for that particular product or particular ingredient supplement to make sure it's not in the items that you're taking. Um, With that being said, Kaylin, I think you have plenty of time for a last-minute thought and a snickerdoodle shout-out. Yes, yes, we do. Uh, I'm just getting that last, so I'm sending it to you, so you can, uh, so you can know it. But uh, I, I would like to get out about that. That the SARMs. We have a lot of New Year's resolutioners that are coming on board to the gyms, and this might be offered to you as a supplement to help with your testosterone and boost it. It is a false flag, and be very wary of anybody that wants to put you on this supplement. It's not a supplement at all. It's very harmful to your body. Uh, It can actually not just inhibit your own production of testosterone, but it can stop its production altogether in your body. 
and you do not want that to happen. So be very mindful of anybody that you come into the gym. Um, there's plenty of people in the gym that are knowledgeable. Um, find natural athletes if you can, real natural natural athletes, not just someone that says they're natural. Uh, there is a difference. Uh, so be mindful of that. And, uh, you know, we have some new P4P pre-workouts coming out that do not have bad or uh, drugs that you shouldn't be taking. So they uh, every supplement is water compliant. i got to give a, a plug to that because we're very mindful of this on our show so we can actually brag about this one because we know that they don't have it in there. And there you have it, folks. <laughs> so on behalf of myself, Kaylin, and the boys for P4P Muscle, your body is a temple, so let's build it. Which snicker? <laughs>